When you think back to your childhood and the kind of things you watched on TV, what memories stand out for you? As I think back, there are a few that pop up. I remember the intro to the $6 million man. We have the technology. We can rebuild him. But it's interesting that, that some of my first memories of television have to do with the Olympics. Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host for The Plugged In Show, focus on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Thanks for joining us today. Well, if you hadn't guessed by now, today, Plugged In is going to the Olympics. They are happening right now, even as we speak in Japan. And I think that the Olympics are one of the very few things that still have an opportunity to to bring us together. Hmm. And when they were reinstituted in Athens way back in, does anybody know when the modern Olympics started again? No. No, oh, man. <laughs> 1896. Well, I think that was one of the goals, was to create this pan-national thing that we could all experience together. And now, through the miracle of modern media, we can all experience all of it, you know, all the time, mm-hmm. especially if you have some of these streaming services that, you know, it's wall-to-wall Olympics. Even if there's no one seeing it in person. <laughs> exactly. Well, there's that oh, too. Man. But some of my very first media memories have to do with the Olympics. I'm going to date myself a little bit here, but... You've already done that. Well, right. I've, I've... <laughs> Multiple times. Thank you. Thank you, Kristen. This morning. <laughs> Thank you, Kristen. Uh, one of my first media memories is Nadia Komanich getting a 10 in the uneven parallel bars in 1976. Uh, And then you come forward just a little bit further and one of my best sports memories of all time is the 1980 Winter Olympics with the miracle on ice and the American hockey team taking on the Russians and and Al Michaels and his really iconic uh, calling of that game. And so maybe Mm. you like me have those memories and today we're gonna talk about the influence of the Olympics, and we're also going to talk about some of the issues that may come up as you think about media and entertainment and discernment. Well, you might not think that we would have much to deal with in terms of the Olympics, but um, I think there's more here to dig into than than we might realize. And since we're probably all watching the Olympics, maybe you're watching the Olympics right now on another screen as you listen to us. <laughs> uh, I thought it would be a great thing to talk about today. And, you know, you might have noticed already today we have with us Jonathan McKee, Bob Hoos, and Kristen Smith. And I'm going to start with this question, and it's a dual parallel two-part question. What is either A, your favorite Olympic memory, or B, your favorite Olympic sport? And if I know you guys, you'll probably all give me an answer to both of those questions. I'm actually only going to give you one because I don't think I have many Olympic memories. But um, I would pick volleyball and gymnastics. Those are my favorites. See, you still gave me two answers, though, so it proves my point. (laughs) I'm only going to pick one. I'm going to pick two because I wasn't answering the other one. (laughs) Yeah, I think they're super fun to watch. It's incredible. It's incredible to see the amount of talent. And I played um, volleyball in high school, so it's really cool to just see the people that are (laughs) we're always way better at it. (laughs) Exactly. Well, you you already mentioned a a big memory for me was the uh, miracle on the ice. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was an. I don't even like hockey. No, I don't I mean, like. I don't even like, and I was riveted to that game. Yeah, so. honestly, what does offsides even mean? Yeah, <laughs> there's just a bunch of guys skating around. How can anybody Swimming be offsides? each other? Yeah. Right? But anyway, uh, so I won't. I won't mention that one. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, but I think 
there's so many different great sports that you can watch. It's so fun. I guess I would still lean toward the swimming. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I, I think mainly because of Phelps. Yeah. The fact that he's been in the last, what, dozen 14 Olympics. Olympics. <laughs> you know, he just keeps going and going and going. And, and it was incredible to keep watching and see that competition and be a part yeah. of it and to be rooting for, you know, that, that last millimeter of, of reach before they touch the wall and yeah. hoping that our, our guys could win, you know. Fun. Oh yeah, goodness. no, it's yeah. been incredible. Jonathan, what about you? Oh man, I think my favorite Olympic moment. Um, I actually 1984 Olympics track and field, of course, was uh, you know in LA, and yep. being a California guy, uh, my family we went there. I was just 14 at the time, and uh, I was actually running cross country at school at the oh, time, cool. at, like like all the cool kids. Um, and, uh, you know, we didn't mess with, you know, sports such as football and baseball, but all the studs ran cross country. And, um, uh, so I was running cross country at the time. So I was very interested in track and field. And, you know, I mean, that was the Carl Lewis year and there was some really good stuff going on. But, uh, the most fascinating thing to me, cause I like, I was a distance runner was uh, the 3K with Mary Decker against mm. Sola Bud, and we were yep. so curious what was going to happen. And of course, that ended up on the cover of Time Magazine because that was when Zola Bud, the barefoot runner, kind of cut off Decker, and Decker went down with pain and anguish on her face, and and neither of them ended up winning the race. But it was just this crazy moment, and uh, oh my gosh! So that was that was huge, and that was the moment. I remember, um, but yeah, it was a fun thing we did as a family. I well, see, getting to go would be so cool. Oh yeah, oh, it was yeah. Amazing. No, not, no, no, not this year. Though. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I mean, even in the past, I, I was out in LA at that time too, and <laughs> trying to even get near the Olympics was like, <laughs> mm. good luck. Yeah. Bob says no, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally different experience for me. Uh, <laughs> we 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 got very near it, and it was very cool. <laughs> Well, Jonathan, it's funny you mentioned that because I had totally forgotten about that race. But as soon as you brought it up, it pops back into my memory. I'm yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I remember that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think for me, it's hard to pick just one. My family, maybe we're nerdy or weird. We always watch mm -hmm. the Olympics. And I've always watched it. Uh, and I'm not even that big of a sports guy. But I think back to 1980, there was just tons of drama at the Lake Placid Winter Olympics. You know, there was the, the Miracle on Ice, and there was um, Ty Babylonia and Randy Gardner were supposed to win, and he got hurt. And Eric Hyden was this, you know, amazing speed skater. Yeah. And, and I still yeah. remember watching, you know, how they put one arm on their back, and I'm like, why do they do that? And it's mm -hmm. like, if you're <laughs> exactly. wondering why they put one arm on their back, it's because they get tired. You know, it's so there's always somebody there filling you in on something that you haven't thought about before. Uh, and I think more recently, I'm with you, Bob. Swimming has probably become our family's favorite because my whole family are competitive swimmers, except for me. That's right. And yeah. so now, you know, I know what it's like. I stand and I do timing at swim meets. And so I have a much more intimate connection with And, and you're a competitive uh, back floater too. I'm, I'm a sure. competitive back floater. That, <laughs> it's a little bit mean, but yes, I, I'm not going to argue it. Well, you know, and it's funny. This reminds me of our plugged in show we did about football. 
in that this is one of those things that I think brings some families together. Adam, you're sharing about how, you know, your family must have been nerdy. Well, I guess mine was too, because it was something we did. And, and, and honestly, of course, it was a different age when we were growing up. Um, there wasn't, you know, options to be able to, you know, stream the entire season of Virgin River on Netflix any <laughs> night, you know, whenever you want to. You kind of pretty much watched what was on TV. And what yeah. was on TV at the time was the Olympics. And so it was something my family did. Yeah. We would all get together and you'd end up watching the most bizarre sport that you didn't even really care about, right. but it, there was something cool about it. And you were, you know, cheering for a Romanian and you were, you know, excited because they were the underdog. And there was this cool, you know, half hour story they did about her before the event. And you're like, I'm for her now. You know, uh, it was, it was amazing. And it was something fun to do as a family. And I have such fond memories of us as a family gathered around cheering and watching this and and that was a that was one of the fun things about the days of broadcast television i, I know i guess we could have a moment of silence for them okay uh. moving on <laughs> <laughs> well we think about the olympics as um obviously it is an athletic competition but it's also throughout much of its history been a lightning rod for current events and cultural things that were happening. And as I started to dig into this a little bit, I'm like, that's not a recent phenomenon. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can go back at least as far as 1936 with the Berlin Olympics and mm -hmm. Jesse Owens running and the controversy about that. Munich in 1972, obviously the, the tragedy that happened with the Jewish team there. Uh, you know, we've got the Soviet Union boycott in 1980. And it's just, it's interesting to see how the Olympics always take place in the context of a contemporary moment where there are things happening in the culture that may get reflected somehow or commented on in the games. And so I want to start there uh, because I think even in the lead up to the games, we've been seeing some of those things. What are the kinds of things that um, that may be happening this year in the Olympics? And, and more specifically, how do we help our kids navigate those things? Well, I, you know, I, obviously we're going to see some protest yeah. things going on. Um, there have already been foreshadowings of that, you know, where some athletes have turned their back to the stage and things of that nature when they're, when they're up there on the podiums. And, and I, think, I think we're going to see that, in my opinion, however, I think uh, those that are doing that sort of thing are misled mm. because... Uh, I know they think, okay, I've got this opportunity now because I'm up right. here in front of the, in the spotlight. Um, so I'm going to shake my fist at whatever is bothering me at this given moment. But the fact is that, you, you know, you, you mentioned it yourself. The Olympics have always been about something much bigger. And from a, an audience's perspective, I think it's about much, something much bigger too. We're not there to watch uh, political protest or see somebody air their political dirty laundry or whatever up there. We're there to watch these incredible feats of strength and, and power and, and to see the purity of the sport. Yeah. And I think it's important for us to remember that. And I think it will be important for parents at home to address this topic yeah. and help clarify that for the kids that, okay, protest does happen. It is a part of our world. But that's not really what the Olympics are all about. Yeah. And the protests you're talking about, similar to what we've seen in the NFL with the kneeling for the national anthem, right. um, you know, there was leading up to the Olympics, somebody who, who turned her back on the flag during right. the, the national right. anthem. And 
that's what I'm talking about here is that sometimes I think we tune in expecting to get, you know, a sporting competition mm-hmm. and this other stuff's going to come up and you could very well be watching with your family and have one of your children say, mommy, what's a transgender woman? What's a transgender man? And just know that just as we've talked about with cartoons and animation and some stuff aimed at kids these days, that may be an issue that you have to address. Well, and I would hope that families have that problem, which is they're all watching it together and something comes up and the kid asks that question. Sadly, what's happening today more often is families aren't watching it together. Everybody's in their own room on their own screen and kids are just going to catch a highlight on YouTube or something that they happen to catch on a a social media feed. And then they're going to have, you know, their own spin on that mm-hmm. um, and have their own thoughts. And they're not going to ask mom and dad about it because the conversations aren't happening. That's, that's what I think we got to be scared of more than anything else. I think the best situation, Adam, is what you describe, which is the family is actually sitting together watching it yeah. so that that question could happen so that that conversation can take place. And I think if there's one takeaway, you know, from this show at all, it would be that we, um, as believers think, man, let's try to make sure we, you know, cherish that family time of being together, talking about stuff, enjoying stuff. And even when it comes to our entertainment, sitting down together and watching entertainment together, um, and maybe, you know, being careful of everybody being in their own room on their own screen, watching their own take on this. And if there's ever uh, an entertainment source that, would help facilitate that. It would be an Olympic event because an Olympic event is a group event. I mean, it's something that we can all get together and cheer together. And so I think Jonathan's 100% correct. It's something that we can encourage our family members to let's get together and let's watch this together. It'll be a great fun. Yeah. And uh, Jonathan, I love that you said that because I I realize I'm working on the presupposition of how my family watches it. For Mm -hmm. us, the Olympics have always been event television in a way that other than the Broncos, although my children mostly (laughs) get mad at dad yelling at the screen, um, (laughs) that we don't have that kind of event television very often. But I I think your point is really well taken in that, yeah, you know, this is an opportunity maybe to experience something and to talk about it as a family. And another thing that happens with the Olympics is something that uh, is so much a part of the fabric of sports in general that we may not even think about it but I want to think about it. And that is the commercialism aspect. And by commercialism, I mean not only the commercials we watch, but the constant corporate sponsorships and just the way that, you know, it's hard to watch any part of this without something in the background that has a banner ad for some company. Um, I want to talk about how that influences us, how when we're constantly bombarded with these commercial messages, Uh, not only in the Olympics, but I think sports in general, do you think that influences us and influences our family's behavior? So I I guess I didn't really think about the marketing aspect when you're talking about this, because that's really, I mean, at least the banners and stuff, that's what, you know, everyone's trying to market their business, Mm -hmm. you know, check it out, want to make some money. Um, But what I really love about the Olympics and sports in general is that oftentimes the, the commercials revolve around athleticism. Okay. And Nike came out with a commercial um, that featured pregnant women and all of them were athletes and they were training. And the, the message was, you know, even as like postpartum and all this stuff, the message was that you are, you're an athlete. Look at what you do. And I, 
I could have paid Nike a million dollars, like just given it to them as a thank you for creating a commercial like that because I thought it was so cool. Because you've been pregnant relatively recently. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I have two kids. And so like getting to see something like that, like someone who understood, which is they're so good at what they do, but someone who understood what women go through as they carry children and then the recovery and the performance and training, like it was so cool to see that on the screen. And I think too, um, I always think this as I watch these commercials, like even if I'm not working out at the time or need to get back into it, it's always really motivational yeah. to see something yeah. like that. Like, okay. And mm. I think that's a mm. good thing. Like we saw this and this is, it's a goal. And really the whole point of these is this is, this is a mental challenge, right? Like I used to run track and my coach would be like, this is 98% mental. And I hated when he said it, it was so annoying. But it's true. No. You know, as you're he like, never coached me when I was having an asthma attack during track. I'm just going to say that. As you're physically performing and you're trying to, you know, excel in something, so much of it is mental. And so yeah. much of it is I have to learn how to discipline my mind in order to do this thing. Um, so and, I think and it's cool no to And there's no question that. that the Olympics is a great motivator. I mean, yeah. every, every time there's an Olympics, you will see soon after all these chubby men out jogging for the first time in 10 years or whatever, you know? I mean, it's just, it just, it, it, Hey, you're not trying to say, Hey, as a friend of mine once said, I resemble that remark, (laughs) but I mean, it just fires us up. We think, man, I could do that. Yeah. I got to get out there and I've got to, I've watched that Nike commercial too. I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. And I I love the fact that we're saying I watched that commercial because that's something that people don't (laughs) even do nowadays. I mean, when's the last time I saw a commercial? I, I flipped through every commercial there is, but the thing is, I love, love this because as families, you know, it does draw that, that fun, that motivation. And, and in my family, one thing it does is, you know, my wife was a swimmer and she was really good and I was a runner and I wasn't, but I really loved it. And so when, you know, the running events are happening or when the swimming events are happening, those stories actually start to come out about our childhood. And, and my wife, she'll start naming, oh yeah, well, so when I went against so-and-so and she'll start, and it's neat because I remember like my, you know, kids going, tell me more about that or, or who was that or whatever. And all of a sudden she'll be telling the stories of, and a story that I haven't even heard, you know, we've been married 30 <laughs> years and all of a sudden I hear the story about this time that she was in this race and something happened or whatever. And, and I love that. I love that when you're as a family, enjoying these moments together, starting to, you know, relive these moments and share. And, and you're right, Bob, it does inspire sometimes uh, as a family to, hey, let's hit the gym more. Let's do this. It, it's fun to see those moments and experience those together. I think it's a good teaching moment. Like, and I'm sure some of this, a lot of it is my personality. I'm extremely competitive and I really like working out and playing sports. And this was, I think after I'd watched this commercial, this Nike commercial, as we're talking about this, um, my son was watching it with me and I got so pumped. I'm like, I want to go for a run. And my son is almost four. So my husband's sitting there and, and he's not like, he doesn't love competition. And he sometimes gets super annoyed that I'm like hyper competitive. And so I got up and my son was like, where are you going, mom? I'm like, I'm going for a run. You're coming with me. And my poor, like three and a half year old, I get him ready and we're jogging. He's like, I'm tired. I'm like, suck it up. (laughs) You're fine. It's 98% mental. (laughs) We're just jogging around. But I think there's such importance. There's, I, I mean, really, I think sports creates in you a discipline 
to push past what you thought was possible. And I think that's really important. Well, and even if we want to just say, okay, here's a takeaway for parents. You can even go, something as simple as asking the kids. When, they're, when you're watching the Olympics, you see how incredibly gifted these athletes are. Yeah. It's not all, they, didn't, they weren't just born that way. They had right. to work. They had to work hard. They yes. had to push themselves. They had Kristen as a mother. That's right. <laughs> and and yes. But you can ask your kids, what are you willing to work hard for? Oh, I love what, that. What mm. kinds of things in your life Great are worth question, that Bob. kind of effort? That's yeah. really and, good. And I want to uh, push this conversation further because that was where I kind of want to uh, stick the landing to use a gymnastic metaphor. Um, nice. I think that the, <laughs> what we have in front of us are these incredible series of examples of people who have taken, you know, let's face it, probably some natural talent to begin sure. with. Yeah. But they have paired that with discipline and drive. What are some other ways that we can maximize the opportunity to really emphasize or or capitalize on these examples of excellence of discipline of perseverance in the olympics because i think in some ways that's the best thing that, that the olympics has to offer us well as you were saying that i was kind of thinking it it would benefit us to do it out of a spirit of encouragement because it'd probably be really Not easy shame. well right to look at it and be like <laughs> and the last time you study do you see you know the benefit of trying really hard or studying hard um, but just to encourage, because so much of this, I think it's paired with um, parental encouragement and motivation. But of course, you know, you can't force someone to do something. They have to be internally motivated. And so I think a lot of that, you you kind of grow into that as a family, but you can also help lead your children, you know, down that path. Well, Bob, that's what was, man, I'm still uh, just soaking in your last statement where you said here ask this question and that was a great question Bob but uh, questions are so powerful because Mm -hmm. they do exactly what Kristen just said they don't put us on the you know pedestal preaching to our kids you know uh, our kids don't get a sermon from us they just get a simple question for us where also now it gives them a chance to share and us a chance to listen and how cool to have some of those questions in our pocket and that's a great one, Bob. I love that. You know, what what are you willing to work that hard for? Mm. You know, because that that that's an interesting question to hear. To become an influencer on social media, <laughs> I don't know what. Brace yourself for the answers you're going to okay, get today. But hater. you know, you know uh, but that's uh, yeah, yeah. We'll see about that. But anyway, uh, but yeah, no. Be ready to ask those questions and 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 listen to our kids, and hopefully we can create those moments. Well, and I think the other thing that happens is we get a window into our kids' lives as they watch these things. Mm -hmm. And we may find that they are drawn to things that we didn't realize, that they absolutely love. Um, Mm -hmm. I know this now, but there was a time that I had no idea how much my daughters absolutely adored gymnastics. And uh, that may be stereotypical. I know there are lots of young girls out there who love watching gymnastics. Um, and maybe it's because those athletes tend to be younger. Maybe it's the easier mm. for them to relate to. I don't know exactly what's going on with the psychology of that. But they, they do start at like two. Right, exactly. <laughs> but we may find as our kids uh, watch and engage with something that there's something they're interested in mm-hmm. that we might be able to pursue as a family. Uh, you know, for those families that don't already have their children on Olympic training regimens um and so Kristen. <coughs> yeah exactly sorry 
Now, Kristen's down the street and her child is on the street crying, wondering where mommy went. No, she's It's not. fine. He'll benefit from it. But go ahead. He will. He will. He's going to be good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go. I'm just kidding. Um, and I think that one of the other things that, that I want to say as I bring our conversation in for a landing here is there's an obvious spiritual component here as well. And one of the things I marvel at is these athletes' incredible discipline to pursue something that ultimately in the big picture, even for somebody like Michael Phelps, it's pretty fleeting. And we could probably have an entire conversation about Michael Phelps and what happened to him after some of his victories. Like his identity was so wrapped up in competing that Mm -hmm. when that wasn't happening, you know, he went into a deep depression and even was suicidal at one point. I'm like, well, how could the greatest Olympian in modern history get to that point? But that was his whole identity. And so for us as parents, I think we can take that next step and say, well, Hmm. what about our identity? You know, these are things we're passionate about. uh, But how are we growing spiritually? How are we devoting ourselves to God? And, And I love that the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 9, verses 24 through 26, talked about this very thing. He was talking about athletic competitions and putting them in perspective. He said, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath but we do it to receive an imperishable one. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. And, and I think that in phrase in verse 24, another translation is run in such a way as to get the prize. That's the one I memorized years and years ago. And so um, I think that as we talk about discipline, as we talk about passion, as we talk about working hard, those are all things that have uh, an immediate application in our family's sure. spiritual life and spiritual growth yeah. as well. Well, what about you? As you listen today, what parts of our conversation have resonated with you? What what kinds of memories do you have of your favorite Olympic moments or favorite Olympic sports? We would love to hear from you, and you can let us know on Facebook or on Instagram Uh, And as we wrap things up today, I hope that you have enjoyed our discussion about the Olympics and its ongoing cultural influence and maybe even its influence in our lives personally. And as our thanks for being a part of the Plugged In Show family, today for a gift of any amount, we would love to send you a copy of Focus on the Family Vice President Dr. Danny Huerta's book, Seven Traits of Effective Parenting. You'll find a link to order that book in the episode notes for today's show, as well as on the plugged in blog entry for our conversation this week. Or if you prefer, you can also call 800-A-FAMILY. As always, thanks so much for spending time with us today. We look forward to connecting with you again next week for another episode of The Plugged In Show. Plugged In Show.